I'm Jordan Larson, and you're listening to the Ace Space Podcast. Huge from Anders Moll. Three serves, three aces. Larson with the cross-court kill there. Pretty much unstoppable. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ace Space, the brand new podcast brought to you by CEB, where we catch up with a legend of the game every episode. This is a voice you'll get used to. My name's Dave Rogers. I will be your host on other occasions. It'll be Louis Lett, and you'll be hearing from some voices from the CEB as well. Today, it is Matt Rogers. Hi, Matt. Hi, Dave. Um, plenty of time to catch up with you, but I think we should introduce our first guest, don't you? Absolutely. I can't believe this is finally happening. CEV podcast. Let's let's crack on. I'm talking two Olympic medals, a world championship. In fact, one of the first people to win a world championship for her country. Back-to-back Champions Leagues with two separate clubs, NCAA victories, an All-American who's played in three continents. It is no other than Jordan Larson. Hey, Jordan. Hey, guys. How's it going? Uh, did I get that right on the intro? Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> you very, you very much did. It's crazy. And that's just the highlights, Dave. There's plenty more. Well, the three continents thing was a blag, but I've got America, Europe, and Asia. Is that right? If I missed any? Uh, nope, that's it. Oh, get it. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Good job. A very exciting announcement. Let's just say uh, recently. What can you tell us about it? Yeah, uh, there's going to be the first ever, well, I think there's been many attempts, but uh, first ever like league in the States. And uh, I know everybody's been anticipating this. I know it's been a long time coming and I hope it's a good starting point for for what's to come. Um, uh, There's still a lot of details we have to work out as far as location. We're narrowing that down and uh, dates where you have an idea of when that's going to happen. It's going to be a shorter season. So um, we're looking at a six, just short six week season. Uh, It's a, it's a draft. So basically we have a pool of 48 players and you're drafted every single week and there's uh, stats based like on how you kind of come out on the week. And basically the top four statistic leaders are basically like the captains for the following week. So then you get a draft, like a whole new team and we are still working out maybe potentially coaches. So, but basically we're all like training in one big group and then uh, eventually like drafted uh, weekly. So, and then there's obviously incentives by statistics base and things like that. And so, yeah, it's a unique twist on kind of what we do now, but I, I think what we're seeing in the States and a lot of people want to follow individuals versus teams necessarily. And so this is a good way for people to kind of get behind athletes and uh, kind of a fantasy like league in a sense. So um, it's been a really cool thing to be a part of. It's been a long time. It's hard to keep a secret. I've been working on it for a while and um, uh, just excited to be on the board. I think we have two uh, fantastic leaders in it um, who have been in the world of sports for many years. And uh, yeah, it's really cool to kind of see their vision and just their passion to grow women's sports. And obviously there's it's not just women's sports. There's going to be other sports to come. They're starting with softball in August and then kind of expanding from there. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of my short blip, but <laughs> it's going to be really cool. It sounds incredibly ambitious. And I think maybe where people have failed in the past is that we come out strong and try and compete with te- like uh, teams in Europe, right? Where they, I mean, teams in Europe, like, for example, my old club team in Zajibashi, like they've been in, 
like working for 50 years, right? And they've had this long history of success and just uh, investment. And I think if we come out guns a blazing, right? Like it's not going to be as successful as we want it to be. So I think this is a great starting point and hopefully continue to grow down the future. And um, I don't know, I think it's cool that we get to be kind of a part of it. And it's very athlete driven, which I think is even cooler. So a lot of us that you're seeing, like the advisory board is going to be making a lot of these decisions, kind of how the scoring system, how people are ranked and how that's going to work out. So I think it's, a, again, a very unique take on it, but um, gives a lot of power to the athletes, which I think is really cool. With it being a, a shorter season, you mentioned the six weeks there. Yeah. Do you still think there'll be the opportunities for the top American players to to come and play in Europe and likewise maybe some of the top Europeans to eventually make it through into that league as well for sure I think that's the hope down the road I think is to find a way to balance right because I think Europe offers a lot of things that uh, is to our advantage from a national team standpoint but I also know that there's a lot of girls in Europe that want to come play in the States and I've talked about it. So I think, again, I hope that this evolves over time and can include that. But I think this first year, it's just kind of like, let's get our feet underneath us and kind of see how it goes. And eventually we can kind of expand from there. So uh, that's the hope. And um, yeah, it's exciting to think about, honestly. So. Do you have any kind of timeline? When, when would you expect kind of the first matches to be played? Yeah, it will be uh, probably like anywhere between February and March, like through April. So it's kind of that timeline. Um, again, we still haven't set any dates yet, um, but we are we're getting closer to narrowing that down and, and making it work. So exciting and you said you yeah. were still thinking or looking into the coaching options i mean you've got two options here just make sure those yeah. kind of stay on the table um <laughs> dave is more of a talker than i would be i guess and i'm more of a kind of analysis uh, kind of coach but oh wow so, so when this was pitched to you what was your first reaction yeah initially i was just like again this isn't normal like being drafted every week right like it's not something like a normal concept and but then when you think about it it's like kind of cool right like I think sometimes people like are in one team right and there's maybe some turmoil and then but you're kind of like stuck there in a sense where this is like you're constantly evolving and constantly learning how to be better for those around you and like continue to grow outside of that like one spot so uh I don't know it's it's definitely unique but uh it's it's obviously grown on me and I'm excited to be like a part of it and just see how it goes so it sounds like something that that you're in a brilliant position to grow with as well for sure. Yeah. And I, I think what's cool is that they like this advisory board, right? Like it's athletes, but then, you know, maybe down the road, I could get into the coaching side. Who knows? Right. Like it, it, it there's room for expansion and I think opportunities there. And I, I just am so appreciative of the, of the guys behind it. They, they just want to help us and they want to see it grow and they want to see success. So I just applaud them for like having faith and, and trust in, in what we're doing and that volleyball is like, in the States is like now one of the top, it is, I think one of the top youth sports and like, why are we not taking advantage of that? And why does it just have like quit right after college? Because there's such a falling, you know? So I feel like, I don't know, there's something, you know, and I, I really am hopeful that it's going to turn out. So. Uh, well, we've got you for a few episodes, which is brilliant, and we hope to cover everything from your successes, how you started the game. Uh, but today, I'd like to talk about 
the life of a pro athlete because it's a life that you've been living for a little while now and you spend a lot of time on the road but you're not on the road right now are you where are you no i'm currently in california uh i signed a short contract in china and so i've actually been enjoying california living for the last three or four months and it's been fantastic <laughs> how's china different I really fell in love with the city. It was phenomenal and my team was awesome. I really enjoyed the girls and uh, I had a great experience. Have you been, Matt, to China? I have. Yeah, I did. After after the Olympics in London, we traveled around Asia for three or four months. It was freezing at the time. <laughs> Even walked the wall and it was freezing. Yeah. And there's there was a couple of times this season where they don't have heat in some of their gyms. So it was like warming up with like gloves and like scarf and like full jacket. And then, yeah, so it was it was pretty, pretty brutal at times. Hang on, warming up in gloves, like literally oh, yeah. warming up. Yep. I've, I've, look, I've been to the European Snow Volleyball Championships and they didn't even have gloves on. So crikey, that must have been uh, that must have been cold, though. And yeah. Super cool, though. How did that how did that move to China? come about then? Yeah, um, obviously I've been playing in Europe for many years, like five years in Russia, five years in Turkey, and I really, I had a great time in Turkey, and Edzaji uh, was a wonderful club, but um, I kind of, the older I've gotten, the more time I've been playing, and the more beat up my body has gotten, so I really wanted kind of a shorter contract and I knew China had offered that and I knew this was kind of a big summer for us leading into 2020 and I knew the more time I could spend in the weight room the better I knew it was for me and so uh, signing a short contract in China was going to allow me to do that so that's kind of how the how I came to that decision and, and decided to do that. You're actually the, the second person that we've talked to recently who was in China you were there with Louisa Lippmann weren't you? I was, yes, yes. She's given us a bit of a, a question to ask you. Oh, she goodness. Wanted, yeah, I know. A couple of things, actually. She said, can you tell us about your exciting drives to the training campus? Oh, yes. <laughs> we, uh, so where we yeah, play and where we practice are two different places. And so we would oftentimes leave like around 3, 3.30 in the afternoon and then sit in a van, which was very nice. We had a driver that would drive us to our uh, training facility. And so her and I would be in the back of the minivan, like driving to practice, like by like sometimes an hour and a half and then get out and like ready to practice. So after sitting for an hour and a half was pretty brutal, but um, it was fantastic that we didn't have to sit, like personally drive in traffic or drive in China. Which was nice. And the second thing she said to ask you about was your motto from your video sessions? Oh said, yes. What was your play motto? With, play with your heart. Yeah, I don't remember actually what, yeah. She probably knows the play, uh, <laughs> follow your heart. Yeah, it was like sometimes we would ask a question and I'd be like, uh yeah we don't just follow your heart do what what feels best for you and it's like oh okay great i'm, I'm here My kind for of it coaching, that is. <laughs> and i mean it's true right like i think both of us have uh read the game for a really a long time and so we probably know the answer we just gotta feel what's in our heart and just go for it so i appreciated that freedom was uh, was Louisa one of the players in China who you kind of hit it off with then as a teammate? Yeah, for sure. She was awesome. I uh, heard nothing but great things before, like going there. Um, one of my teammates had played with her in Germany and um, really enjoyed her and really liked her. Um, I just 
I really admired her professionalism and willing to like get better every day. And um, she's just a physical freak. Um, she's just like, man, she can jump out of the gym and just, but I think just such a great person too, like awesome and such an explorer. I'm kind of a homebody. And so every time she would be like, Hey, I'm going to go try her. I'm like, can I, can I come? <laughs> you know, just like following her along the city, but she was, uh, she was fantastic. It didn't take me long to get this plug in, but for those of you who've stumbled across this podcast as a volleyball fan, then please head over to CEV's social media for the unscripted series where Louisa Lippmann was one of our first guests and she was absolutely brilliant. I reiterate everything you say about her, Jordan. I think she's, uh, I think she's wonderful on and off the court. Um, something you said there sort of piqued my attention. You describe yourself as a homebody, yet for the last sort of 10 years, you've been everywhere but home. Yeah. So you can imagine it was a little outside of my comfort zone. Um, yeah, I think it was definitely challenging a lot of times to be away from family. And I think that's why I'm just so enjoying this quarantine. It sounds so <laughs> Everybody's like, you gonna have to be home. I'm like, yeah, but I haven't been home in so long that this has been fantastic for me. I get to be around my family and uh, the ones I love and it's just been fantastic. So. So, but you can imagine how it's been challenging at times the last 10 years being overseas. Well, let's take it back to the start of that 10 years then. Hugely successful college career. Um, at what point did you think, okay, time to turn pro now, time to, to be a pro and give this a go? And was that the number one thing on your mind when you were playing college ball? Yeah, I obviously, I yeah, played in college and I knew I wanted to be an Olympian, right? I didn't know what that, what, what that path looked like. I obviously knew that pro had to be involved, but I didn't know much about it. And so I graduated in December of 08. Um, and then I actually signed a short season in Puerto Rico, which was a nice starter league. I think right out of college, it's a good place for some college athletes just to get experience for what pro life is actually like. And so I went there and then I got asked to come to the national team. And then I trained that summer and one of my, I, we were playing in Thailand and we were playing Russia. And I remember seeing one of the coaches on the sideline. Like I didn't know him at the time. Well, ended up being my head coach in Kazan. And he recruited me to come play there. And again, didn't know what I was getting myself into middle of Russia, close to Siberia, like what's going on. <laughs> um, but it ended up being like one of the best experiences of my life. And uh, Kazan has been, uh, they were nothing but fantastic for me. And to be there for five years um, is crazy, right? Most players, it's like one or two years and then it's on to the next. And so, um, yeah, I just, I respected their professionalism. They just really took care of me. Obviously they wanted to win. So they invested quite a bit in a lot of these players and playing with some of the top players in Europe, with like Gamova and Statsova and uh, uh, Koshleva. Yeah, it was really a big honor. So, and then obviously, after being there for five years, I was like, it's time to, <laughs> to move on and uh, went to Turkey. So, yeah. After being somewhere for five years, you must have gathered quite a lot of stuff. Did it all go with you to Turkey? It must have been quite a big move, both yeah. for you as a player, but also for your belongings. Yeah, for sure. Um, every year I tried to like at least leave one bag in Kazan. And so then I would kind of trickle it out like slowly at a time, you know, and then I think when it was my final year, I had gone back for Christmas. And so I had taken quite a bit back and 
tried to not keep as much there. And every year I was just signing one year deals, right? Uh, I think until my last year I signed two years and then, um, but I didn't actually know if I was going back most of the time. But, and so I was able to prep, but I knew that last year that I was probably gonna be going somewhere else. And so, um, yeah, it was just kind of made my way out slowly. <laughs> Did you know you were gonna leave because of what you'd achieved because obviously that was a that was a massive year with the with the Champions League and World Club Championship was that kind of the reason then because you thought I've ticked all the boxes here or was it just something that come to a, a natural end anyway yeah for sure I think that definitely went into play I mean we had won uh gosh how many Russian championships Russian cups and then we finally got the Champions League and I'm kind of sad and a little bit that I wanted to see if we could repeat mm -hmm. uh, I think the main team stayed and I was the one that left and uh, it makes me kind of sad not staying, but obviously like I made a pretty good choice of going to Turkey that next year. So I, I don't know. I go back and forth because I, I, I feel like uh, Kazan was so good to me that um, I felt like I kind of owed that to them uh, as well. So it was really a really tough decision. I remember our final game and I was just like an emotional wreck like I'm just like oh my gosh like I just had such a great time and like thank you so much for all you've done for me and um yeah it was tough <laughs> I was your Russian uh better than my Turkish that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> Russian is very limited <laughs> let's talk about Turkey then because I, I see Istanbul as like the mecca of women's volleyball it's just it's not like anywhere else on the planet for the sport is it yeah i i didn't i had never been to Istanbul before um actually champions league never took us there and i was sad because i always wanted everybody's like this is a phenomenal city and i never got to experience it and then when i first like went there to play there i was like man what have i been missing you know and uh really it is not only a phenomenal city, but just like you said, the Mecca of volleyball, so many great clubs, high level volleyball, and they just love the sport. So it was really cool to experience that. And you were basically playing in a fantasy team, weren't you? I mean, the stars that you, you joined, I mean, you obviously won yourself, but the team itself, I mean, that is fantasy volleyball being played out. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Many, many yeah, great players. And uh, they just do it right. They're just so professional as well. I mean, the club is fantastic and uh, they, they do it right. They know how to do it. How does it work with transfers then? How much of it is you sort of feeling out where you want to go next? How much is it clubs approaching you? I'm always fascinated, particularly because in volleyball, as you mentioned before, people stay for one season or two seasons. It seems like it's always in perpetual motion. So how does that work? Yeah, um, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, I think some people maybe aren't happy with a certain place or, you know, a club's not happy with a certain player, you know, so, but I think um, I've always just been relatively consistent. So I've been able to just kind of stay on and have always had a great relationship with the general management of both clubs. And um, yeah, I, I've been able to just keep continuing. And I, I know when we talk about homebody, I mean, really those two places became home to me because I was there and consistently there. So I kind of knew what to expect. So I think I thrived in that because it was more of a comfort level where if I was changing clubs every year, it would be, I think it would be really hard for me. 
with regards, well, in a later episode, I really hope to talk to you about your success uh, in the red, white and blue in the USA jersey. Um, but did you feel as though going to Europe and becoming a professional and, and spreading your wings a little bit was imperative to, to sort of the building blocks for that future success? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I would encourage, and I have these talks with some of these younger athletes coming out of school. It's like, I was ignorant as a college athlete, like, oh, international level isn't that big of a jump. Like, I'll be fine. Like, right. I'm an NCAA champion, whatever, you know, like I know who I am. And, but man, it is significantly different. And the ability to read the game and to do all these things, like, it's just so massive. And the amount of experience gained uh, is just, you can't, you can't match it. And it's so important. I also think it's important for, for you to say things like that, because I don't know about you, Matt, but I see American college sport and it just blows my mind. Just the scale of it is is unbelievable. And you, because there's sort of so much television coverage, I remember years ago, don't ask, but I was on a cruise ship for the Orange Bowl, the uh, the, the college American football game. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what? So I was I was super young at the time. I was a teenager. And I was like, what? So these guys are at university and they're not pros and they're like yeah 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 but I'm like there's there's 60,000 people in the stadium they're like yeah this game's huge and you know you in with your with your college games at Nebraska you'd have you'd have thousands in the gym so it probably would be easy for you to think that this is the elite level and there's nowhere to go afterwards whether it's in terms of getting spectators in the gym or in terms of the quality of the, the volleyball that you're playing yeah for sure definitely yeah it is yeah, the the system, I, now being in it, right? Like this, as an American athlete, this is all we know and the system is all we know. But when you go to Europe and you understand that not everybody gets that same privilege, like it's such a, like a, uh, a blessing that we get to be a part of it. Um, but also there's also so much more to learn and like the European system and like what you guys and the, the level in which you guys are playing at is just so different and so, um, I think there's advantages to both, right? It's like, how do we get the best of both worlds? But I think as an American athlete, like it's important that we go and gain that experience because really it, it does change. She said, you guys, Matt, like it was, like it was me and you. <laughs> when I played at uni, we were happy with a crowd of 10, to be honest, yeah. and that was the top level in, in England. So let's look then at the life of being a pro athlete. Can you give us just some short pros and cons? I mean, you've been there, done it now over 10 years. Yeah. Some pros and cons, maybe three of each if you can. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Um, so I would say the pro is definitely experience, like uh, just reading the game at a high level, um, playing wise, just competing. And I think getting to know your teammates, like how, how to communicate with them, you know, like a lot of times in Russia, like most of my teammates didn't speak English. So how are you going to communicate? And obviously that's also kind of a con, you know, like it's depending on how you frame it, you know, like it's difficult and frustrating, right. When you're not communicating or understanding, but also it's, you're gaining knowledge of like, Hey, yeah, but I can like learn in another language so then when I come back to the U.S. like how is it easy like to communicate with one another even though it may seem hard um I think a con could be being away from family right like I I've missed so many things and events and my best friend's kids and you know but ultimately like as a volleyball player our life is such a short time you know and so I've always tried to embrace that 
you know, this is my life right now. And I get to do all these things and I get to see all these places and play all these places and get to meet all these people. And so trying to frame it in that way. So it's not so much as a con is like, Hey, it's a positive. And, uh, this is such a short time. Um, I'm not sure if I'm answering your question, but, um, yeah, I think there's more positives than, than cons for sure. Uh, what would have happened then if you'd have stayed in the States? Oh, goodness. I'd probably have a couple kids by this point, I think. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. Well, do you think there would have been the opportunities to, to do all the things you'd done in the, the USA jersey? I guess, I guess that's what I, I was asking. So. There. Yeah, no, I don't think so. And I don't think we have, uh, we just don't have the, we don't have a pro league. So it's like, if you kind of want to keep playing and expanding, you know, in the US gym, like you got to go get experience. So uh, Jordan, do you like quizzes? Oh, goodness. Depends on what it is. <laughs> Well, well, you'll like this one. It's it's Jordan Larson on Jordan Larson. Okay. So well, it's a topic you're familiar with for sure. <laughs> We're about to find out exactly how familiar. <laughs> so it's quite it's quite simple. There's five questions. Um, the great thing about the states is there's loads of stats. There's loads of stuff online, which is good for me as the quiz master. Not so good for you as the person trying to answer them. <laughs> so we're going to do this with every guest, and we will see see how everyone compares on knowing their own careers. Okay. So question one. Who wore the number 15 shirt for Dynamo Kazan in the 2014 season? Del Corre. Correct. Okay, question two. You topped Paul C in the first round of the 2014 World Championships with the USA. You then finished second in Paul F in the second round and second again in Paul G in the third round. But which country finished one place below you on all three occasions? Oh, man. Brazil. It was Russia. I was I was thinking that and then I was like because <laughs> if my memory serves me right, wasn't it Italy had to beat Russia in order for you to get in? Yes. Which yes, that would that makes sense okay. now. I am yeah. really okay. excited about talking about this in a later episode as well. Yes. Honestly, so much to talk about. Twenty four yes. anyway, question three. Question three. You also competed in basketball and track in high school, correct? Yes. Correct. But in the two thousand, I'm going to stop you there. That's not a correct answer. <laughs> let's not let's not get this twisted. <laughs> That's the lead up to the question. That is not a point. Okay, but in two thousand and three four, how many points did you average in the basketball team for Logan View when you finished twenty one and two and reached the state tournament? <laughs> what? Where did you find this? Oh my goodness, how many did I average? I want to oh. say 14.7 points. No way! Hang on, this is an audio-only medium, so this is me taking off my headphones and walking away. This is unbelievable. Is that just a guess, or is that just something inside you says? No, because I was like, what would be an average, what would be like a number? The first thought was 15, and then I was like, ooh, that seems a little high. But yeah, and then I was. I mean, like, you're inco you're incorrect. I'll be honest. Okay. Okay. It's fourteen point eight, but <gasps> that is incredible. Well, <laughs> that you've got like within point one. I have no idea. <laughs> Hang on, so I've just put my headphones back on. She was point one out, but did you give her a point for that? 
She can have a point for that, I think. Oh. I was going to say within one, but yeah, you're within Bro, point but one. That is, that is unbelievable. Like, 20 points is too much. I was like, how many points <laughs> would I have to make? Yeah. Okay. Oh, Question four, back to volleyball. In the Champions League final in 2015, you joint top scored in the 3-0 win over Busto. How many points did you score that day? And who else top scored with you? Uh, I had 13 that day with Gozde, Elmaz, and De La Cruz, I think. Correct. Well done. Okay, and question five. We've got an Olympic question. In the Olympic final back in 2012, you destroyed Brazil in set one, but went on to lose 3-1 and take the silver medal. But what was the score in that first set? 25-15, I believe. Oh, it was better than that. It was 25-11. 11. Ah, oh, yeah, I knew it was pretty. Yeah, it was insane. We came out on fire and then just lost it. <laughs> so anyway, that is the quiz. You scored three out of five, which is better than 50%. For a lot of volleyball yeah. stats, that's reasonable. And you're currently top of the leaderboard. Oh, really? Yeah, well, you're the first, so oh. it's not... <laughs> So we've got a few people going to challenge that, I think. But three out of five is a solid, solid start. Well done. I also think for a quiz about yourself, three out of five is a good score. Because if you get five out of five in a quiz about yourself, it might seem a little bit arrogant. So you're you're still like the people's champion if you get three out of five, I think. Thank you. Thank you. I'll <laughs> take that. I'll take that. That's a win. The people's win, champion. Win. Uh, right then. What do you want to talk about, Matt? I could just talk all day. This is so lovely. Thanks for doing this, Jordan. Yeah, that was fantastic. I'm kind of interested to look at the end or the, or the closing of the professional career, which hopefully isn't soon, but is certainly something on the horizon. So you must be having some thoughts around life after volleyball. Yeah, no, I um, obviously 2020 was probably more than likely going to be my last year on the national team. And um, yeah, it's it was exciting to think about retirement, but obviously now things got postponed a little bit. So I am, uh, I am working on a personal website myself um, where I'm launching like some like coaching consulting, some player consulting and just uh, like, I want to give back, right? Like I've been in it for so long and I've been able to do all these things and I want to help those that have the dreams that I had as a little kid. And um, I, I want to, help my community and go back to Nebraska where it all started and kind of help there and, and do those kind of things. Uh, I obviously want to spend a lot of time with family. I, I talk about this quarantine and it's like, okay, I don't get to see most of my family, but I'm excited to spend time with family and, and really just relax a little bit, um, take some time, maybe travel to places that I don't have to like go to a gym. Um, and, uh, yeah, just take time away and, uh, really evaluate what I want to do, but ultimately I want to, I want to probably coach and uh, give back. So. And it's been obviously relentless in a way, the career, isn't it? It's, it's week in, week out matches, multiple matches, usually in a week. After all of these years, is it more the mind or the body that is saying retirement is, is coming and is needed maybe? Yeah. Um, I would say a little bit of both. I mean, I think, I, I think my body could keep doing it. I I've been pretty blessed with like a, pretty decent body to last this whole time. And, uh, but mentally I'm, I'm excited to kind of see what's next, a different challenge and um, 
yeah, I, but I still very much enjoy it. I, I really do. I, and I think now I'm kind of getting into the, the point where I'm, uh, I love the mental, like, what is a team going to come at me with, or how are we going to defeat this team? And what are some tactics behind that? And what, how can we change our game plan in the, in the moment? And those things fire me up and, you know, new girls coming in the national team, how can we integrate them and how do we, you know, create this team unit? And uh, I don't know, all that just really intrigues me. Do you think there are any of those new girls that have kind of got their eye on your spot? Oh, for sure. I mean, of course. I mean, I would be lying if I didn't think that when I was a young kid. I was like, you know, Logan Tom, who is that? Whatever. <laughs> you know? uh, but like, I, you know, but I think it's great. I think it's healthy. You know, if you didn't have that, I would be like checking your pulse, you know, like as something, you know, but um, also it, it strives to make me better too, right? Like it's fantastic. Like we have such great talented athletes and young athletes coming in and I think it just shows like the future is bright. Is there ever any chance of coach Larson? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I can see you as a coach. You do? Yeah. I can. I actually, I hear I hear that a lot, which is making me more like intrigued to like, see what, what can come, but um, also very nervous, right? They always say like some good players don't always make great coaches and I'm not trying to be anybody that I'm not, but uh, I don't know. I do think that I've been able to see a lot of things and do a lot of things that could help. So, because you've worked with some amazing coaches and and you pick up things even without knowing it, I'm sure. For sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I've ha- been very blessed to have a lot of talented co- coaches along the way. So I, yeah, definitely osmosis. Like, <laughs> give me all the information. What what can I just basically reiterate? You know, take USA out of it and the Olympics out of it. If you had to coach any of the teams that you've played for over the years, who would you coach? Oh, um, I think both like the mainstay clubs that I was at in Gazan or Azaji, I think I would be okay. great clubs to, to I, coach. I thought, I thought you might say Nebraska, the university. Oh, oh I didn't even, yeah, think about that. Yeah, I could. I thought you were talking about only in Europe. Um, okay. Yeah, oh, Nebraska would be cool too. Uh, it's just, it's a little, I mean, I don't envy head coaches there. I mean, I think it's a lot of pressure, right? Like, it, it, you know, you have all these people expecting all these things from you and um, expecting to produce and, you know, it's, it's a lot. In, in these strange times, you've been doing quite a lot of media work. And if I'm right, your, your degree or communication studies, was it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's another career option. For sure. No, I know. I, I thought about it too. I'm not as entertaining as you guys. Oh, I, I was going to say, Matt, it's difficult enough for me to get booked already. Can you not try and bring more <laughs> pros in with actual Olympic medals, please? Jesus. Jordan, Jordan and Dave, <laughs> the podcast yeah, too. <laughs> all right so we've got one other little challenge for you okay we've warned you about so i'm hoping that you're you're ready we're looking for you to build your perfect player yep so there's a lot of dream teams going on and it exploded our instagram recently when we did a super seven so we we, we're trying to do something a bit different here we've given you the chance to pick six criteria that are important for a professional athlete professional volleyball player so you need to give us the criteria and then tell us which player you would take that criteria from for sure. Exactly. And I, I hope this wasn't, was it based off position? Because I have a couple opposites in there. Is that all right? No, we were building one player. That person is the perfect player. So it could be five opposites if you're not that fussed about other aspects of the game. But 
All right, perfect. My perfect player. So who I chose first um, well, for me is service, which is Saori uh, Kimura from Japan. She has this like just consistent and so gnarly to read serve and can, I mean, she just was like a, I don't know. It, you just never knew it was going. So fantastic serve. Um, Maya Ojanovic, I think she... I've played with her in some big moments and she, I just love her grit and her fight. So I think she uh, has this ultimate like competitor inside of her. And I just, I loved it. It was so fun to play with her. Um, uh, next quality is big game player, uh, Boscovich. Uh, she is just gnarly. And I think for me, just, Obviously, I played with her when she was, I think, 19 or 20, and I just admire her work ethic. The fact that she is what she is. Sorry, I'm going on a tangent because I just love her, but uh, <laughs> I, I just think her ability to work incredibly hard, even if she, she doesn't even probably have to, because she's just ultimately just so talented, but I just always respected her work ethic and just her ability to take over a match. I mean, fantastic. Um, the next skill would probably be power. And I chose Gamova for that. Um, obviously I played with her many years in Kazan and she's actually one of the sweetest humans. Uh, she comes across very like stoic and, um, but ha creates so much power and, uh, but just such a goofball off the court. Um, so it was really fun <laughs> to play with her. Um, I think the next one is ball control, uh, which I think I, uh, is one of my favorite qualities and I would uh, go with Piccinini for that. Um, obviously she has many, many successes with seven, I think Champions League finals wins. I mean, it speaks for herself. And then the last one would probably be jump, which is, I would take my best friend Feluca, uh, on the national team, middle blocker. Uh, she can jump out of the gym. So uh, that's who I would choose. So that's the, that's the perfect player. We want to take something from you to make them even better. What would you add to that player to make the seventh criteria? Um, I think I think Louisa actually wrote something on her Instagram about like volleyball IQ. I think that's one thing that I, I can bring to the game is um, my ability to read the game and just kind of dive into these nuances about like the ebb and flow of a match and like, Hey, we serve tough here. Hey, we gotta, you know, just there's different uh, strategies throughout the match that I can add. So, and is that something that you've always had, or is it something that's that's grown as you've grown and become more experienced? Yeah, I mean, I think I've always had a little bit of it. Uh, I think it's obviously had to change uh, when you talk about these athletes, right? Like how like just physical they are, and I do think that I bring some physicality, but I think when you get to the pro level, everybody kind of matches you or is a little better. So you got to find ways to be better in all those areas. And I think for me, like I don't jump as high as some people, I don't hit as hard as some people. So how can I win a match is out, out minding them and out uh, strategize them. So I think it is something that has kind of changed over time. So this was the podcast about being a pro athlete and living life on the road. A couple of quick things to finish for me. Firstly, what's the most satisfying part of being a pro athlete? What is it that makes you go, yeah, that was that was worth it. That was everything was worth it. 
Yeah. Uh, I think when, you know, the beginning of the podcast, when you think about all these things that I've been able to do and be a part of, um, you know, those lonely times when you're in your apartment away from family and it's a holiday and you don't get to be there. And, uh, but when you look back and you say, yeah, but I gotta do all these things and I have all these people everywhere across the world, like that's what makes it worth it. And, um, it, it makes all those, you know, holidays being apart in a way, like kind of fade in the distance because it's really been worth it. And lastly, when you pack a bag, because this is essentially a life traveling, what's the first few things that go in it? Oh, that's a good question. Mm. Cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> Charger. <laughs> yeah. Computer probably, which has like a lot of books, podcasts on it. Um, Oh, goodness. Volleyball shoes, ready to play. Well, I was wondering about mat shirts, because obviously there's always a risk that when it goes into the hold, it gets lost. So yeah. do, when, you, when you travel, do you take the mat shirt in your bag or does the team do that to guarantee that they are not lost? Yeah, no. Uh, the national team, we have a bag that someone carries on uh, that's part of like our equipment that we take on uh, on the plane. So it's yeah. all in one bag. Uh, but when we're traveling with pros, it's on you but there are certain clubs like Fenner, Fenerbahce and uh, Turkey they do all that for you so yeah uh, yeah have you ever had an instance where you didn't have your correct match shirt or kit I have not <laughs> maybe the wrong color had to play Libro <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly I can't tell you how many times like I will have it I'll open my bag and say to my teammate like can you make sure that I have everything here because I can't trust myself or my decisions. So <laughs> it's happened a lot of times. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm asking you again. Can you just check everything's here? Yeah. I reckon um, Dave would do the same, to be honest. I, yeah. uh, the, uh, of course, this podcast is about Jordan's stories and not yeah. mine. And I didn't play volleyball or I played rugby. Uh, and I was injured for the national championship finals. So I was the, the club chairman in charge of everything. Like I washed the kit and I actually ironed it. I ironed rugby kit. Who irons rugby kit? Uh, we got to London for the final. The kit was still in my house. Oh, brutal! But thank, thankfully, um, the guy who was who was in charge, like the 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 overseer of the event, he just happened to have a kit. So um, our, our our Loughborough University team played in the the Busa final in Oxfordshire County Council's. Uh, what was it? It was like their ref. Essentially, it was their bin men's rugby team, and we played in their kit in the final. And that's Dave's application to be kit man for your future team. Look, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the reasons why I was so intrigued as to whether you sort of took uh, took responsibility for it or not. <laughs> oh, yeah, still. Do you know what? I'd, I'd repressed that, but now it's back with me. So thank you. Thank you for that one, Matt. Um, should we wrap it there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I think... Matt and Jordan, that is episode one. The Ace Space is officially a podcast. And, and I think that was all right. What do you reckon? Fantastic. Two thumbs up. I enjoyed it. Uh, two, two, two five-star reviews already. Uh, if you are listening, do please give us a review because it's important to get us up the charts. This is the Ace Space. It is the volleyball podcast. The good news is we've got Jordan for another three episodes as well. She's agreed to come back. And uh, can we just confirm that you are going to come back, Jordan? Yes. Great news. Jordan's going to be back, which means we can really sort of dig deep. We found out so much about her life as a pro athlete, but we're going to find out about her 
career in the uh, I nearly said in the Star Spangled Banner then, but uh, <laughs> you definitely you definitely haven't worn that. But so much success with the USA uh, and uh, and beyond as well. So this is the A Space. If you've enjoyed it, then tell your friends, and we love to hear from you as well. So get in touch. Use the hashtag on social media. Let volleyball talk. But until next time, goodbye. I hope you enjoyed that episode of The A-Space. This is me, Britt Harbots, and I will be co-hosting the podcast soon. So if you have anything you want to ask me or something you want us to chat about, please write to us on theaspace.cv.eu and we will see if we can make it happen. But for now, stay safe and we will see each other on the other side.